Hey guys, it's me, Alex, from the show you're listening to. I'm here to tell you that I wrote a comic book. It's the first in a series, and it's finally available. So it's called Worms Edition, W-Y-R-M-S, Worms Edition. It's like a fun, occult look at fake Portland. Uh, You'll probably like it, because you listen to the show, so you should go get it. It's available for download at Gumroad. So search for Outlet Press on Gumroad. All these links are in the show notes, so just click there. But search for Outlet Press on Gumroad, Outlet Space Press. Or you can find the seller Outlet Press, one word, on Etsy, and that's where you can get the actual physical book. It's, you know, made out of paper and, and like, colored toner that goes on the paper, and you can hold it with your very hands. And that, that's, uh, we're doing pre-orders. They're going to start shipping on the 31st. So yeah, check it out. It's Worms Edition. It's by myself and the lovely artist, Eric Millar. Please check out the links in the show notes. Welcome to Plague Zone. My name is Alex. I will be your plague tonight. Ooh, I have like no voice. This is fun. Okay, so uh, Alex asked, going live for no good reason. I'm just bored. I'm here to answer questions from the audience. I have many pre-prepared. I think you can comment while I'm going. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to move. This is my baffle. How can I show it to you? That makes the sound better. Um, But... It's really in my way right now. Okay. That's, um... That's my skull. Mm, That's a uh, bottle opener. Now you know my room. Welcome. Uh, Questions from the audience? Oh, so... Let's do... Plugs first. No, let's not do that. You've already heard a plug for Worms Edition, the new comic book that's going to be out... Um, the digital version's out today. Oh, yeah, it's out today. Shit, I should have posted about that. Well, I'll post about it tomorrow. Uh, the, and the pre-order for the paper version is available now. Go to Etsy and search for Outlet Press. Uh, there'll be links in the show notes, and I probably dropped in a commercial before the show started. Boy, I sound really awful right now. Um, yeah... I don't like being live. This is kind of stupid, but I'm going to I'm going to press through. I also have a um I've got a one notification up here and I don't know what that means. Hello Daniel Lee Shine. Um I don't know how Okay, whatever. Fuck this. I'm answering questions. I asked you questions. You are I'm going to answer them now. This is from our friend Vanessa Kindle. She asks, if you were forced to turn into a mascot from a mascot platformer game, i.e. Mario, Sonic, Crash, Spyro, Banjo, Ratchet, etc., who would you prefer to be turned into and why? Well, here's here's the problem with this. This is a terrible question because you say, if I were forced to turn into one, it's all I've ever wanted. I keep mugging the camera, sorry. Um, okay, yeah, I would love to be 
a video game mascot type person? Uh, I mean, I think the obvious answer is Toadstool from the original Mario Brothers. Mm. Crash Bandicoot would be kind of fun. Spyro the Dragon would be great because of the dragon powers. But I think the, the obvious answer is, as a somewhat mustachioed, heavyset fellow from the East Coast of the United States, it would be Mario. Mario Mario the Plumber from New Jersey, I think, according to the Bob Hoskins uh, 1993-ish movie. Oh yeah, I'm live. Fuck. I'm drinking Zevia. That's low-calorie cola. I do. I, I cut all the shit out when I do the show to tape, so now I have to remember to get fucked. Sorry. Okay. I'm gonna be look me. I'm being professional. I'm live. Okay. So uh, yeah, I would totally be Mario. Uh, no, then I'd look like Ron Jeremy. I don't want that. I don't want to be Sonic because then I have all weird pregnancy porno about me on Twitter. Maybe maybe. Rouge the Bat? What's what's the weird bat one with cleavage from Sonic? That's who I want to be. There's a bat with cleavage in the Sonic universe that I think is Rogue or Rouge or some play on words like that. It's, it's a lady bat that's covered in hair except for around the cleavage, which is weird <laughs> on a lot of levels. So that's my answer, whatever I just said. Um more questions. You've contracted uh, coronavirus and your symptoms have passed but you're being quarantined along with three random strangers who have contracted the same disease and are at the same stage of recovery at the hospital to wait for the contagious period to end. You're only allowed to take one board or card game with you with uh, to play with them to keep yourselves entertained for two weeks. What game uh, do you take and why? I'm only allowed one game? Fuck. Um, two weeks. I mean, my first thought would be just a deck of cards, but that's a bullshit answer. Because with a deck of cards, you can play anything. Well, not anything, but, you know, you can read your tarot. You can play 500 Rummy, which is a game I'm very fond of. You can play poker and all sorts of other things, but that's a stupid answer. All right. I mean, Scrabble, probably. I play a lot of Scrabble. But I think that would get really boring if you have to play it for two weeks. What's a game that lasts forever? What a risk. I've never really played Risk, but that seems to last for a really fucking long time. Or chess? What about chess slash backgammon? Like that that sweet set that you can like flip it upside down? That'd be that'd be fine. Um, or Risk. Or what's that one you can play as Nazis? <laughs> Axis and Allies, I think it is. That one. Whichever the one where you can be evil. Or an interminably long, awkward game of Dungeons and Dragons. Where, like, no one's very good at improv and the DM's, like, not really there because he's thinking about his wife back at home since we're quarantined together. Or we could play Operation just to keep it, like, thematic and just make that annoying buzzing noise every time you hit. Oh, boy, my voice is terrible. Okay. I keep forgetting I can't edit this shit out. <coughs> Fuck, sorry. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's my answer to that. Uh, oh, we have a D&D &D question here. Derek Garrison wants to know my preferred D&D &D class. I don't know. I've never played D&D. &D. Uh, cleric? Uh, sure. The only role-playing game I've ever played... Well, I tried D&D &D when I was in middle school, and it didn't work. I didn't like it at all. Uh, the DM wasn't good. 
I mean, we're in middle school, so maybe that's a little young. I don't know what the preferred age to sell your soul to the devil is, but, you know, probably something like that. Um, the only game I've ever played, I'm playing right now with uh, John, my co-host from John and Alex Hay Stuff, we're doing a campaign of The Call of Cthulhu, uh, in which I play uh, Vanessa Slopbottom, a sexy librarian occultist. Um, I don't do a voice, though. So... I guess my preferred D&D class is Sexy Librarian Occultist? Is that... I mean, that seems that seems fair. I keep mugging at camera, sorry. Um, what other D&D classes are there? There's like a fighter, um, cleric thing, magician... Uh, probably magician, is that one? Wait, let's look it up. I have nothing else to do today, so I'm just going to ramble into this. This is eventually going to be a podcast. Uh, D&D classes... Oh, here we go. What are the classes for D&D? Okay. Barbarian, bard, cleric, druid, fighter, monk, paladin, ranger, rogue. Ooh, rogue. Like rogue of the bat. Sorcerer, warlock, and wizard. Uh, what's the difference between warlock and wizard? I'm not going to look all this up while we're going. If anybody starts, um, if anybody starts listening and knows what these things are, explain them to me. Wait, sorcerer, warlock, and wizard. Those are like the same thing. Um, well, I mean, I guess I'd want to be a wizard. I mean, a cleric would be cool, too. Druid, mm, too many trees. Fighter, nah. Monk. A monk sounds boring. I guess there's, like, itinerant monks, but a lot of head shaving, too, which I'm not into. Paladin. Don't really know what... The, is that... Do I sing if I'm a paladin? I wouldn't mind... I want to be the most annoying one possible, so I'm going to be a wizard... Uh, that's my favorite thing I'm going to say, and uh, I'm going to wear a fake beard every time I play. And, like, speak in, like, a really annoying kind of Gandalfy voice. Like, everything sounds pretentious. Like, you know, may your rolls be as bountiful as the waves of grain in Smermuth District. Because Smermuth District is known for their grain output. <laughs> this was a really bad idea. Uh, I'm sorry I'm doing it. But I'm going to press on. Uh, nine minutes. All right, 20 minutes to go. <laughs> this is so stupid. Oh, you know what I should have done? I should have gone really high first and then done this. That would have been the smart thing to do. Or warmed up my voice at all. I don't think I've spoken for since Friday. And it's Sunday right now. So that was probably not the best thing. Syllabic syllabus, or whatever you say. I don't know what vocal warm-ups are. What, what other what vocal warm-ups can we do? Uh, the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. That's more of like a tongue twister thing. Red leather, yellow leather. Okay, I'm warmed up now. I have, I have more questions. I wish I knew what those the two on the top of the page meant. The only time I, ever, I used to go live on the show years ago, but that was on, um, like... YouTube live and it was more of a natural kind of interface. There was like a little chat box on the side that told you, you know, who's talking and whatnot. This is, um, confusing. Uh, okay. More questions. Uh, board games. What is my comfort food? Um, well, as a, as a, as a fat fella, I, I would have to say uh, like a pizza Something, like, super carby. 
cheese and carbs would be good. Uh, there's also, um, I'm not much of a meat eater these days, but um, I grew up in a land called New Jersey. And they have food there that where I was raised in the part of the state I was raised, it was called Taylor Ham. Um, in the southern part of the state, it's called Pork Roll. It is a roll of um, pork that's been um, salted, I think. Well, I mean, it's, I know it's been salted, but I think that's the preservative. I don't even know if it's cooked, but it's it has to be cooked to get trichinosis. But it's a roll. Oh, I have a camera. It's a roll about yay big. Uh, that's covered in, um, like, um, burlap sack material and, um, like canvas, kind of hard canvas, almost like it's wearing a pair of like really shitty jeans. And, uh, it's meant so that you can cut through it and, and fry it while it's still in the uh, canvas thing, which sounds gross, but I've never done it that way. But, uh, comfort food wise, I have, that's fond, fond memories of that shit from when I lived on the East coast. Uh, it is one of the more perfect hangover foods, which I don't do a ton of drinking these days, but uh, when you wake up in the morning uh, and you're hungover and you feel like shit, you get a big, you get a, a Taylor ham, egg and cheese uh, on a bagel and it's really fucking good and it's got fat and salt and all the things your body needs to make you feel better uh, after a night of debauched drinking. So comfort food, something I can't really have called Taylor ham from New Jersey. Though the person that asked that from Ohio... No, Taylor Ham doesn't go that far out. There is a store in town in Portland that sells it, but that's just because, you know, Portland's been ruined by people moving here, myself included, and now there's uh, weird East Coast native foods. I'm waiting to find a place to sell Scrapple pretty soon. Um, if you know what Scrapple is, yeah, talk to some fucking scum lord from Philly because they're all gross people there. <laughs> I don't know why I'm shitting on Philly. I just wanted to do that. My friend Bella is in Philly. She's delightful. But I just, I wanted to hate Philly. They threw uh, batteries at Santa or something. <laughs> something along those lines. And they say John. Do you know about this, John? I'm not saying John, because he's not here. That's his seat. You're kind of looking at me a little bit from where John would be sitting. Um, in Philly, they have this awful phrase. And I was kidding before when I was making fun of Philadelphia, but now I'm being very serious about making fun of Philadelphia. They have this awful, awful piece of uh, local... Um, slang, they say John, J-A-W-N. And that means kind of thing is a pretty close approximation. You know, like, what's up with this John? When's that John going down? It's it's kind of just random noun, but in a kind of, uh, it's almost like this shit. Uh, when you use shit in like kind of a non-descriptive way, like, yeah, when does this shit happen? Or that, that sort of thing. But it's an ugly, ugly word. John. It's... Well, if you say it in the Philadelphian accent, you know, that, like, kind of watermelon hun, John. No, it's still really ugly. So, if you're in Philadelphia and listening to this right now, um, do better. Stop, you know, being like that with your language. Um, I'm saying, um, to... This is I'm really showing too many colors here because all this stuff would get edited out. And that's not true. A lot of the ums wouldn't. But any kind of uh, drinking and pauses and things where I mentioned, you know, vamping to camera, that definitely is not going to be there. But, you know, they'd get edited. But it's not when it's live and it's really awkward. And also, 
this is all going to the podcast that they're going to hear me say that I'm going to edit it out. I'm not because I'm a liar and I hate Philadelphia. Except for Mel. And that guy, Brian. That's it. And I probably know other people from Philadelphia, so they're great too. We all love Philadelphia. And they got that big bell with the crack in it. I mean, really, it's great. Speaking of which, I watched... So I'm I'm insane now because of uh, self-isolating more than normal, which is actually somewhat difficult. But I watched uh, The National Treasure last night because I was... I had nothing else to do. And well, that's not true. I had a lot of other things to do. I just didn't want to do them. Um, so I watched National Treasure last night with Nicolas Cage, which is a very, you know, kind of old movie at this point. Delightful. Was not expecting to like it. It's kind of a, like a shitty Indiana Jones, which shitty, Indi- shitty Indiana Jones is better than like most movies. Uh, Nicolas Cage is, I was going to say subtle, but he's subtle for Nicolas Cage which is still very over the top for most other actors. Uh, the reason it made me think of it, there's a set piece at the Liberty Bell, and it is... The whole movie is just really dumb. It's as if... Um, what are those Dan Brown books called? It's like as if Dan Brown wrote like a young adult version of his books. And then instead of casting Tom Hanks, they got Nicolas Cage. But it is fun. Like so much to the point that I wanted to watch the sequel, which is... I mean, I have a lot of time to kill. I, this is going to be... I'm not going to be a sane person by the end of it. Not that I was before, but... Um, yeah, it's... So watch it, I guess. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I should have show prepped more. I thought of going live about 10 minutes before I went live. So I feel like I get... Like a small amount of... Kind of leeway. Because this is even less planned than my normal shows. Uh, oh, here, uh, uh, Vanessa asks me, you're running late for a costume party, but you forgot to buy a costume. You have just enough time to stop at the costume store and buy a generic novelty costume on your way there. What do you pick? Um, I mean, I think Dracula is, is the natural choice. Like a really, like a terrible plastic cape, um, I could just slick my hair back, but I'd rather get the plastic Widow's Peak uh, wig that's got absolutely no ventilation, and you get, like, really hot after about 10 minutes at the party. Those really awful Dracula teeth, uh, like from Vampire's Kiss, starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, So you can't talk at all. I mean, less so than I normally am, because I'm a stammering mess with no voice right now. Um, Yeah, I'd pick up that, and I would speak in like a really bad bellow ghost that like blah like just be a creatures of the night with this music they make and just annoy the shit out of everybody around me more than i normally annoy the shit out of everybody around me because that's sort of my deal it's you know just an you know an annoying human so yeah definitely it would be the cheap dracula thing or skip the costume store all you know all together and just throw a sheet on and cut some holes in it and just be a spoopy ghost You'd be like, ooh, I'm a spoopy ghost. And then I'd like get the only conversations I get into is like existential conversations about the nature of the afterlife. Like if I was a ghost, I'd talk about like the the the, the permanence of the soul or impermanence of the soul and whether or not the tones the stone tape theory is true about ghosts, or these are actually like kind of earthbound souls after their mortal body has departed. Uh if I was a Dracula, I would uh I would constantly talk about, you know, whether or not uh, I'd be like in the um 
the Vampire Chronicles by by uh, and uh, Anne Rice. Yeah, there's this character Armand who used to be like a very faithful person. Then he got turned into a vampire, and he's like, "Oh, are their souls real? And am I going to go to hell?" And he's like, really existential weirdo. So that's all I would do. I'd go to a party and just kind of annoy everyone with my constant um, talk about what happens after we die vis-a-vis being a spoopy ghost or a Dracula. I'm, uh, I don't get invited to a lot of parties. Uh, Colin wants to know, is the end of the world nigh? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how, how nigh you want to refer to it as. Like, in the realm of the you know, the heat death of the universe. Yeah, we're, the world, world's going to end, like, real soon. I mean, the universe is, like, 15 billion years old, give or take a billion and a half, because I don't remember how old it is. Earth is about 4 billion years old. We've only been around for a couple hundred thousand years. Yeah, I mean, mathematically, you know, the human world's pretty much over already. It's, I mean, unless we get real lucky. And even this world's going to be dead soon, like when the sun goes supernova, or we run out of resources. So yeah, the world's over, but I think you probably mean about the coronavirus. Uh, no, um, I think this is an interesting phenomenon going on right now with the coronavirus is that, you know, pandemics have happened, uh, you know, all the time. Like, and I don't mean this as like discursive, like this is just a worse flu, but that actually is what this is. But people forget the flu is fucking brutal. Like, like the Spanish flu killed like like 25 million people like in our grandparents you know lifetimes like the flu is no fucking joke but the world survives um the interesting thing about this is that we're smart enough well not america but the rest of the world is kind of the rest of the you know kind of uh you know first world is smart enough and aware enough to put in like protocols to like limit the spread and that's actually what's kind of stopping the government or stopping you know society at the moment so like in portland we're we haven't quite gotten there yet, but like in Ohio, oh, well, Ohio is a good example. They've, they've now, uh, I think it's Ohio. Let's just say Ohio. If it's not, then, you know, fuck it. It's one of those states that starts with the vowel. Uh, they are not allowing restaurants to be open anymore, except for takeout food to try to limit, you know, social interaction, you know, physical contact. And so that's, of course, you know, really fucking over people that work at restaurants because they, you know, don't have any money. Uh, but it's interesting because we're, a lot of the, you know, economic impact that's happening is, to try to limit the spread. But if you just let the spread go, it would be like a, you know, basically all the old people and people with compromised immune system would die. Well, not all of them, but a significant number. So the interesting thing is that the kind of one of the, like the main drawbacks or downsides to this is our being, I don't want to say empathetic, but are trying to be like uh, proactive about, you know, limiting the spread of the disease. Uh, yeah. So the end of the world's not nigh. The, you know, um, I think, this is probably a good time for America to really stare at itself and start, you know, really putting in some more social security measures. And I don't mean like social security, like the thing, I mean like literally to secure to the society. Cause like we're one plague away from a lot of people going broke. Like all my friends that work at bars and restaurants, like they're, they're are fucked. And a lot of them don't get unemployment. And a lot of them don't have savings myself included, but I don't work at a bar or whatever, but, um, we are hosed. And so, you know, that Andrew Yang universal basic income is starting to look pretty fucking good right now. Um, you know, maybe if I was more conspiracy minded, I would say that all of this is just a deep state thing to try to get Bernie Sanders elected because most of his, you know, most of his policies would actually have really helped out in this situation. Uh, you know, like trying to give the, you know, 
basic human rights to Americans, which for some reason we're against. I don't quite understand that. Um, there was a great thing on the internet I was looking at yesterday. I'm going to be like 100 years old and go, look at this thing I saw at the internet yesterday, but they were comparing, uh, you know, uh, the kind of average you know, benefits in Germany versus America. And they, they get like, you know, six weeks of vacation on average. And, you know, they get, you know, time off for having children and free education, free healthcare or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's, uh, that would sure help right about now. But no, I, I put in, I, I paid for my student loan today, this month as, as the world's, you know, I'm a little tired of America. I'm a, I'm a sad, I'm a sad Bernie supporter. Um, I still don't know how this live thing works. Oh, somebody else said, hi, Sonia. Uh, okay. So, yeah, end of the world, yada, yada. Uh, who else asked me of that things? Oh, someone want to know if I know about Project Melody, and I didn't. So I looked into Project Melody, and, I mean, Nazi for work, question mark? Because that's the thing that I found out of it. So Project Melody is a... Um, fake lady <laughs> she's like a fake anime lady that is you know an uh, artificial intelligence though it's the the depth of her ai is is up for debate essentially they make videos or whatever and she can answer questions on the internet and there's been a ton of these like chat based things and there's a team of people behind her and you know so how much of it is the team of people kind of faking the artificial inter you know artificial intelligence and how much is it actually like a you know a natural you know back and forth the interesting thing about Hardik melody in which i found out is that she's a cam girl so it's it's a artificial intelligence ai anime lady that was on a website called chatterbait uh like getting money to take her clothes off and to interact with the people watching her take her clothes off which is fucking crazy so of course i found all you know i found clips of it and it is weird because she's kind of charming which is fucking odd it's, it reminds me of that movie her though i mean far less depth to it but when you find yourself like being like a little charmed by, by a, a fake anime lady you know you know, let's face it, maybe I should leave the house more often. But anyway, yeah, so Project Melody, I was not familiar with, but apparently it's all over the internet. And I would recommend looking it up. You can probably, if you look on YouTube, I don't think YouTube allows nudity, right? Um, if you're curious, because it's not, her whole shtick isn't the kind of sex part of it. Um, but the backstory is interesting where she's, she claims to have become sentient on a certain date. Saying like, oh, I just woke up one day. My programmers are working on this program and, you know, now I'm now I'm alive. And she's chosen to do the webcam thing or she chose to, like, run her website and all the other things that she does. Um, which most of that is just, you know, just hype from the programmer's perspective. But it's a really interesting thing. Um, like, if I were more gullible or, you know, a very young person, this would seem real. And probably in a few years it will be real. And it'd be very difficult to differentiate between the reality of... Uh, a nascent AI intelligent, you know, actually becoming aware and this kind of publicity stunt and tits. But yes, uh, so no, I didn't know Project Melody. Uh, I recommend people look her up. Uh, not the not the sexy time part. That was actually weird. Because uh, so the the website I'm not, and this isn't me trying to hide things. I would totally tell you where I'm jerking off. I'm just not in this case. The website Chatterbait, and this is I, I guess a common thing where women. Uh, 
insert into themselves a, a, a thing that when the um, the people watching um, give them money, it vibrates. So you can like, it's like an interactive fuck session, I suppose, um, <laughs> to word it scientifically. Uh, the interesting thing about the Project Mel, well, one, that was interesting because I didn't know that was a thing. Um, the, the, the kind of secondary interesting thing is having this, this fake lady uh, mime being aroused by these tips or, you know, payments or whatever you call them for the vi vibrating thing. Yeah. So Project Melody is, it's, I don't know, maybe I'm in love. Maybe I'm going to get married to her like Krieger from Archer. I've always wanted to marry an anime lady. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's that. I don't know what that question means. So I'm going to skip it. Um... Oh, uh, do I find it at all uh, interesting that we're going to a grand solar minimum as the coronavirus is spreading? Uh, I mean, from a linguistic level, it's kind of interesting. But the 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 thing with the coronavirus is uh, it's a whole family of viruses. It's not like the one we're having now is like novel coronavirus 19 or something like that. Um, most of those words are probably wrong, but it doesn't matter. It's bloopy bloop bloop corona bloop bloop. The point is, the reason there's bloopy bloops and a bloop at the end is because it's different from the coronavirus that happened last year and previously. So it's all family viruses that are uh, common and been happening for a long time. Um, and the solar minimum is happens frequently. I know this is a, a what a grand solar minimum, which is something that's supposed to be even lower than the normal ones. Uh, solar minimums are when the sun flare activity is is not as uh, prevalent. Or something along those lines. Here's the problem with the stuff I know, is that if a scientist hears me say it, they think I'm an idiot. And then if a real person hears me say it, they want me to explain further. And I just, I'm going to be wrong in any way, shape, or form. So I should probably just shut up. But I'm not going to. So is it interesting? Yeah, I mean, but I think that's just like a language thing that is interesting. Like Corona, the Corona of the Sun, and then the the language, you know, of, of the virus. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe if we're going into a solar maximum and then the corona thing happened, maybe it'd, maybe it'd be slightly more like, ooh, this is some kind of uh, neuro-linguistic programming from the powers that be. You know, they're trying to do something. That's the problem with a lot of conspiracies is they sound really cool and you're like, oh, wow, holy fuck. Like, yeah, if you look in the back of the dollar bill, it's got X, Y, and Z. And if you look, I'm from Canada now, I say Z. Um if you, you know, uh, watch this video, you can see that they're throwing a sign to say that the reptilians are running the place. But then when you, like, break it down that next step where they're like, well, what's the point of this grand uh, thing, this biggest conspiracy that's ever conspirated? Uh, it's just like, oh, yeah, they just want to, like, run shit. Which is a weird, it's like a weird thing. So it's, it's oh, the, this, the most complicated thing that's ever been complicated by the people in charge. And the end result is... So the people in charge can be in charge. And I find it kind of wanting. Or maybe, maybe that's just me being, I'm being a sheeple. I'm, I'm, I've been tricked. I've been tricked by the by reptilians and I should listen to more Alex Jones to tell, to, to know the truth. Um, I, that just reminded me. I almost never do this, but like a few years ago, uh, six years ago, I'm going to say. It doesn't matter. Uh, Alex Jones was saying something, and this was back when he was just a regular kind of 
annoying conspiracy theorist guy. He wasn't saying a lot of the kind of like hateful shit that he got in trouble with uh, last year-ish. And, you know, he kind of fell apart. He used to just be like this, you know, laughable quantity. And I ended up defending him on the show. Uh, because it's like, hey, you know, he's just some, you know, he's some idiot. And that's it's fine. You know, you're allowed to be an idiot. Uh, and then he started saying the shit he was saying uh, last year, which I'm not going to go into repeating. If you want to look it in, look into what he says, go for it. Uh, he's not a pleasant fellow. But uh, I went back and pulled the episode because I'm like, boy, I would hate for people to listen to this out of order and think I'm defending Alex Jones 2019-2020 when I was def- defending Alex Jones 2016 or whatever the fuck year it was. Because it's really awkward because, uh, you know... Especially like young people, that's all they know him to be is, or, or people that weren't aware of his work uh, previous to recently is like, oh, he's like a hate speech, like awful human. And he used to be like a silly guy from, from Austin doing weird shit. He broke into Bohemian Grove. He was great back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, but yeah, I pulled the episode and it, why was I talking? Oh, because I brought up Alex Jones. That's why I was talking about that. Uh, but it's an interesting thing. Um going back and having all these episodes of the show, like on the, like on the internet. Uh, I think the first hundred I don't have on the feed anymore, but even episode 101 was from, you know, eight years ago or the fuck it was yeah, seven, eight years ago. Uh, so there's like a lot of stuff where it's like, Oh fuck. Like, I don't know what I said back then and what the, you know, the world has changed. It's not like my statements, you know, my statements about the world were about the world from back then. And it's an interesting little, I mean, I suppose I could go back and listen and see if there's any pro- kind of things that have become problematic. Uh, I'm not going to do that, though, because I, I don't I don't want to. I mean, if any of you want to, like, go back and tell me, like, write in and be like, hey, Alex, in episode uh, 350, um, you know, I, I don't know. I can't think of anything. <laughs> you you were you were defending uh, Donald Trump and then turns out he turned into a fucking monster. Actually, that's interesting. No, I never really liked Donald Trump that much. I was just thinking, because he was, like, when I started this show, he was just some clown guy from New York. We all thought he was a shyster, because he grew up in New York. We were aware of him. But he was just, like, a funny, like, you know, you know, he didn't seem like a very, like, hateful person. But, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have spoken about him in any kind of, like, you know, positive terminology back then. Who else would be... Oh, you know, oh, here's an interesting, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, keep in mind, I'm very much not defending him, but being a fan of film in the 90s, uh, I've probably said positive things about the Weinstein Company on this show, like, you know, seven, eight years ago, which that's somewhat of a recent scandal, but like, you know, if someone who listens to it in reverse, you know, not knowing when things appear, it's like, oh, fuck, Alex is defending a monster. It's like, I didn't know he wasn't a monster back then. I mean, he was a monster back there, but none of us knew. Um, he was, he made, he made Tarantino's movies and, and. Kevin Smith, which I guess we all should have known he was a monster for putting out Kevin Smith movies, but in the 90s, Kevin Smith was fine. Um, okay, so I answered the thing about the, well, I didn't really answer the thing about the coronavirus, but I sort of blathered on about the solar minimum. Uh, Alex Coppersmith wants to know if I know the works of Eric P. Dollard, and uh, no, I don't. Um, I looked him up real quick, but, um, it was all confusing stuff. I, the only thing I saw, and I'm going to admit to a very huge prejudice that I have is conspiracy theorists that overplay how much Tesla did 
makes my, you know, kind of raises my suspicion. It's like, and I saw that some of his work was around Tesla. Uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, I know Tesla did some weird shit and I'm not saying that there wasn't anything there, but like, it's the same as those people that say like, oh, the Egyptians had sound technology that lifted the pyramid blocks into place and all they had to do was hum. I mean, that's a, that's a huge statement to make and trying to, trying to prove that is, is, is a big task. And I just think it's, I'm trying to be nice here, but I th- if, the second I see someone talking about that sort of thing, I kind of write them off immediately. Uh, now th- this fellow might be great and all this, hell, I might agree with this stuff, but there was a wall of text and a fuckload of four hour videos. And I, I frankly don't like this show enough to, to watch that much. So if anybody wants to say be like a too long, didn't read on Eric Ballard, I would be happy to look into it. If there's like a half an hour synopsis video, I'm, I'm totally there. Um, and okay, I answered that question. Answered that. Qu- I think that's all my questions. How long have I been talking? Do I have to talk anymore? No, good. I did thirty minutes. That's all we go for. Good. Um, that's it. Remember, I have uh, books on on the internet. Uh, go to Amazon.com and search for Alex Bolin, Alex with two X's. They exist. You should buy them with your money and then read them with your eyeballs in mind, because I that would be good. Also. Um, Remember, the comic book is coming out. There's an ad at the front of it. I have to remember to put the ad at the front. But uh, it's out today. You can download the, the digital PDF on Gumroad, Super Sister Worms Edition, W-Y-R-M apostrophe S edition. And uh, it's available. Issue one. There's going to be a bunch of issues. It's a whole new comic book. We're, like, doing it. It's happening. It's available. So go check those out. Paper copies are available on Etsy. Um they're both through outlet press. Whatever. There's, I'm going to put links in the show notes. I'm definitely going to remember to do that. So click on those if you're interested. Or if you want any of my old work, go to Amazon. That's it. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. I've been Project Melody. You've been the audience. Uh, bye.